0: Welcome to What's Stopping You Fostering Female Ambition. My name is Clyde Bellingham and I am the Deputy President of the Institute of Chartered Accounts of Scotland. So, before we move to our next speaker, I'd like to ask the audience a poll question. The poll question is What is the biggest barrier to your career progression? And the choices are glass ceiling, gender discrimination, pay disparity, being a parent. Interestingly, fluctuating a little bit, the two points which are clearly ahead ahead are glass ceiling and being apparent almost equal barriers at around 35% of the audience. That's interesting, fascinating. Um, um, next up, we have Ainsley van Osselen, CEO of Chartered Accountants Australia and New Zealand or CANs to many of us. Ainsley, what, what sort, sort of, of challenges challenge have you faced? along your career, and do the poll results surprise you?
1: Thanks, Clive. No, not really. I think it's a, a little bit of everything in that poll, but I think the fact that it said glass ceiling and parent being the number one and number two is, is probably spot on, I'd say. Um, first, I'd probably like to start reflecting on those top barriers that Sarah discussed in, in her presentation, in, in particular, particular the, the gaps between men and women on those issues perceived as being a barrier to a person's career. There was such a huge divide in the area of childcare. So, 25% of women said that taking time off to work to care for their children was a barrier for their career compared to 3% of men.
0: As well as being a parent or
1: guardian, is 9% of men compared to 25% of women. And that divide, I think, quite simply comes down to different lived experiences. There are many women who still live in situations where they aren't expected to be the primary caregiver and if you've ever done an unconscious bias um a session with harvard um so they're free on the internet if you do the domesticity one you'll see why that is uh, men and women we often think that the primary caregiver should be a woman and that happens whether either at home or within all of the communities that we we live in in, in australia for example where i hail from um including those that hold down full-time jobs women are still doing more in the home than men. We had a recent survey from the Australian Bureau of Statistics and it showed that 62% of women spend five or more hours a week on unpaid housework compared to 35% of men. And often it would be more than five hours, I'd say. Um, Now, I've been really fortunate in my own personal life that in my family, parenting and domestic duties are shared equally and they have been since the get-go, since we had our two daughters. So my husband and I both really benefited from an arrangement where We've both been carers of our two, two girls, now 14 and 16. Um, but when they were really young, uh, my husband, Peter, he mushed as many carrots and changed as many nappies as I did. Um, and you know, to this day, our daughters who are now teenagers, um, you might even hear them in the background tonight if they're, if they're yelling. Um, they share a very, very close and special bond with their dad. Um, and, and this is why I wrote an article recently for the Australians. It's big masthead hero. In Australia, And I talked about our own data at cannes uh, where we found that just eighteen percent of men surveyed had taken a career break for parental leave, and that was in contrast to seventy six percent of women. So they're pretty stark statistics. And th- there's often a phrase that we use when we talk about um, gender equality or in- on International Women's Day, which is you can't be what you can't see. And it's often explained to use, it's often explained as to why we see less women taking on careers traditionally dominated by men. But I think it could also be used to describe men and their relationship with parental leave. Uh, In particular, men who are in the early stages of their careers, if they don't see male leaders and colleagues taking a career break to care for their children, then how can they ever feel comfortable doing it themselves? taking that, you know, early walk to the lift as you've got to pick up kids, for example. So it's it's not just about relieving from women the burden of sole parenting so they can be more empowered to participate in the workforce. I think there's also a societal advantage as well, ultimately not only just fixing the pay gap, but also the relationship that men can have with their children. Um, And if they choose to take up parental leave or work more flexibly in um, a family-friendly way, I truly believe that men have a more stronger relationship in their family life. And that's something I feel very, very strongly about. Men experiencing that rich and rewarding benefits of hand-on parenting. And I really don't, don't think it can be underestimated, underestimated um, in, in terms, terms of empowering, empowering more women, women to progress through their career as well. I might just move sort of on a slightly personal sort of front. So in terms of the challenges that I've faced, um, I can relate to The survey's findings on confidence being an issue for women, which is why I believe mentoring is really important, particularly for young women. What mentoring does is it kind of gives you the confidence to move forward knowing that someone else has been there before you and that they back you. Uh, When I was a young partner at a law firm in my um, very early 20s, um, I needed that confidence boost when I had a very large trial matter um, that was coming to a head and I was about to go on parental leave. And I asked my partners in that law firm, I was the only female partner, uh, whether I could go on parental leave or when I could go on parental leave. I'd like to be able to work part-time because I was really living and breathing this case, which was about to go to a jury trial. Now, it was at that point where I really faced a brick wall of inflexibility. Um, I heard comments to the effect of, look, we've tried that before with other women in the office and it just didn't work. Uh, so I was given two options, the option of coming back to work full-time for six months uh, or um, that the case would be taken away from me if I wanted to have my full 12 months of parental leave. And I contemplated that situation for a long time. I spoke with my husband about it as well, about which option I would choose. And, and then I stopped and I questioned, well, why did I think there was only two options here? Um, and that's when I contemplated setting up my own practice. And I spoke to a range of people, a range of mentors, um, people who set up their own businesses, and I realised it wasn't uh, an insurmountable challenge. I just needed to break it down step by step and then have the confidence to sort of of step off that cliff, so to speak, of setting up my own business. And I still remember that day when I came back to um, my all-male partners and said, look, thanks so much for those two options. But I found a third better option, um, and that's setting up my own shop. And I had a soft landing. A lot of my clients came with me, uh, not just that one, and not only was I more profitable um, working on my own than with my fellow partners, but I got to spend time with my um, gorgeous young family and I got to do it on my own terms and with flexibility. So in one respect, I have been very fortunate to be in a situation where my career progression has not been hampered by the stereotypes within my own home, but I have felt stereotypes outside of the home but I've been able to push past those challenges with the help of mentors who've helped me instil in me a sense of self-belief, as well as, um of course, it's always good to have a lot of ambition, a lot of hard work, and a bit of luck doesn't go astray either.